Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. Most of us don't look forward to having a hard season in our marriage, but many people credit those very times as being helpful and um, giving them, along with their spouse, a greater sense of intimacy. I'm John Fuller, along with Greg and Aaron Smalley. They run our Focus on the Family Marriage Department. And uh, let me ask, why do hard seasons sometimes help couples grow closer? It's interesting because when you ask that question, John, it makes me go back to when my mom was sick. My mom passed away of lung cancer. It was, we just hit 13 years. Oh. And I can tell you that we had we just moved, and Greg was so supportive anything, anytime I wanted to take a trip to see my mom during the 18 months she battled, he was there. He held the fort down. He, I came back and he had the kids making their own lunches. And he, I mean, we, it was just. I'm not doing that. You do that. <laughs> yeah, that's Washing how it went. Washing my car, yeah. painting. Yeah. It was, we, he moved us into a new house. Um, it really was just a season that I, I was torn between my two roles of being a daughter and a wife and a mom. And he allowed me to be a daughter. Mm-hmm. And for that, I'm just forever grateful that we worked together during that time. And yeah. he was he was faithful. He was there for me. And thus, when his dad passed away a couple of years ago, I tried to give the same gift back to him. And it grew us together. In many ways, it gives grit to the mm-hmm. relationship that as you, you walk through those difficult times, it builds those threads of connection and roughs you up a little bit, breaks your heart. But then there you are together. Yeah. Well, you might be, as a listener, uh, in a tough season. You might need some hope, and you're going to get some more hope, uh, additional to what Aaron just shared, uh, as we hear more from author and Bible teacher Dr. Larry Crabb about how God's love can strengthen your marriage even through heartbreak. Here's Jim Daly. You talk in the book about um, relational masculinity and relational femininity. Describe that. What are you getting at there with the, the relational component of that? It's so countercultural because we define femininity and masculinity in so many superficial ways. In so many, whether it's uh, behavioral, whether it's appearance wise, whether it's achievement wise, but relational femininity, relational masculinity gets to the core of what God is after because God's a relational being. Huh. And we're to put his relational character on display. So when a woman is open to receive, knowing that there is a core beauty in her soul, that's the woman who's relationally feminine, who can, whether she is pretty, whether she's attractive, whether she's overweight, whether she's all the things that women in these days are not supposed to be, she can be fully relationally beautiful if she understands that the way she relates by putting the character of Jesus' invitational nature on display. I once had a guy, and if this is inappropriate, I don't think it is, but I remember a guy at one of our classes was telling me that his wife um, had breast cancer and had to have a double mastectomy. And he said um, in front of the class, he said, um, my wife refused for many, many months to let me see the scars because she felt her beauty was gone. Hmm. And then this man, who was a big, strong-looking guy, he began to cry in front of the class as he was telling us a story. And he said, um, my wife finally had the courage to let me see what had happened with the double mastectomy. And I broke in tears over how beautiful she was. And he, he said this, our sex life has never been better. Oh. 
And he said, I have learned to love this woman because the beauty of her soul, whether she had the physical attractiveness that defines femininity or not, just wasn't the point. He saw the beauty in that woman's soul, and she became far more relationally feminine, knowing that her beauty didn't depend on physical attractiveness. Her beauty depended on the way she related to her husband, and he valued that lady. And their marriage took a wonderful turn for the better. I was going to say, I'd love to talk to her today to see Mm. how she's feeling about herself. That's a beautiful story. It's a true story. And, you know, again, it points to the fear of most women that if, as I age, I get wrinkles and, Mm. you know, the normal process of how God has created life. Um, and they, they understandably, because of the culture, because of how we as men treat them, they become fearful that they no longer have value. And that's a beautiful story about how men should behave yeah, when it comes to these tough places. Uh, Larry, let me uh, come back almost to where we started this discussion last time. Um, when we look at um, how the culture speaks to us and really how the enemy of our soul speaks to us in those quiet places. You know, it says in John 10.10 10, that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And it, he really is effective when it comes to this area. Yes. It's almost in the uh, image of God as we've been created. He has such mischief in this area to get us off trail, to get us uh, fearful. Um, in the last few minutes that we have here, talk of, uh, to that husband and to that wife. Uh, they've struggled they don't know how to communicate. They've both withdrawn. Um, they don't understand who they are in Christ, and they're just trying to survive. Maybe put that veneer on that we talked about last time. Give them some handles that they can sit down tonight, maybe before they go to bed, and they can have a real open, honest discussion about where they need to go as a couple. Who needs to have the image of Christ stamped on them? What can they do? You know, I think that one of the rarest conversations that husbands and wives tend to have could be the most important. And perhaps maybe the rarest conversation would be to sit down with your spouse, whether it's the wife who starts or the woman or the man who starts, the husband who starts, but start and say, would you tell me what it's like to live with me? How do I impact you? Um, Where do you feel cherished? Where do you feel respected? Where do you feel alive because of me? Where do you feel put down because of me? Um, Where do you struggle because of me? How do I fail you? How do I bless you? And if you get really open about that sort of thing, then you're going to hear the other person's soul. And if you're a Christian and you have the Spirit of God within you, my wife and I have had these conversations. And when I see the way that I've hurt her, Mm -hmm. when I see the way that I bless her, something comes alive inside of me. I don't want to hurt her. I really don't. I love the lady. And I'm a man, meaning I have the equipment. I have the resources. I have the weight, all because of God, not because without him, I don't don't have it. But with him, I have it. With him, I can do it. Without him, I can't do anything. But with him, when I realize that I impact my wife in a way that is very difficult for her, that leads to the joy of repentance. It isn't just, oh, I'm a jerk. I failed. How come you're stuck with me? Now you're just full of pride saying all that. Learn to live with me. Learn to live with me. What do you, you know, I do some good things for crying out loud. I make enough money you can buy a dress when you want to. What's your problem? Yeah. As opposed to, no, I, there's something in the core of who you are that you're revealing to me as we're having this conversation, and something comes alive in me. I, I want to move toward you. And as my wife is talking to me, 
And uh, the husband is revealing, you know, I feel very put down by you. I feel very controlled by you sometimes. The woman who is godly, the woman who is open to the working of the Spirit of God, she's going to recognize something inside of her soul that doesn't want it that way. And she's going to, repentance is going to flow as opposed to, oh, okay, I'll repent. I'll try to do better. But when she realizes the impact relationally that she's making on her husband, when she sees that and she says, that's not who I am, that's not who I want to be, then she's going to ask for forgiveness. Then she's going to discover that something in her soul really wants to move differently. And now they can start talking about, well, what can I do? Who can I be that would make the difference that you want to feel for me? Then the conversation gets really good. Mm. Then the conversation becomes full of possibilities. And then I think you might start having a marriage. I think one of the highlights of my role here at Focus has been being able to interview people like Dr. Larry Crabb, who influenced me so many years ago. I mean, almost 40 years ago, I was introduced to his materials. Uh, Greg, you've um, obviously benefited from a lot of his insights and wisdom. What are some of those um, tough questions that we as couples have to ask, and how do we get there? Yeah, and I love Dr. Crabb's question, what is it like to live with me? That's... That's a bold question because I think in order to really ask that question, you have to have two important characteristics that, that really are, are, are game changers for a marriage. And one is humility. That kind of question takes a lot of humility, but it also takes teachability. Hmm. And so if I'm humble enough to ask Aaron, hey, what is it like to live with me? I'm placing myself in a humbled position, but then I'm open to then her feedback. And so being humble and being teachable, those are two things that can really strengthen a marriage. But feedback is not an easy thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm I sure wish that, I did that perfectly. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure there are some people listening right now who are thinking, I wish my spouse would say, what's it like living with me? I'd tell them. <laughs> well, <laughs> Horrible. A, question, yeah, a question you can ask is, are you open to feedback? And noticing, you know, I have some feedback for you. And if you ask, well, then it's being invited in. If they say yes, they might say no. Well, then, you know, you can have a different conversation about that. But it's just, you know, are you open to feedback? And as you receive feedback, it's recognizing feedback is neither good nor bad. Feedback is just feedback. That's what it is. It's neutral. So it's looking at if there's something I'm noticing that Greg is doing or Greg is pursuing and I'm giving him feedback, well, then he gets to take that directly to our source of truth. Thank goodness we have a source of truth because I have clients go, well, where's where's the source of truth? So everything they hear, well, is that their truth? And so I love that I can take when Greg gives me feedback, well, then I take it directly to the Lord and go, okay, convict me of what's true in here. Mm. This is Greg's. And That's he's a pretty got bold prayer, by the way. His filter. Yeah. He's got his pain, and he's giving me feedback from that place, so I'm receiving it, but then going directly to the source of truth. What is true about me in here, but also what is the truth about this situation that Greg has given me feedback So on. kind of decouple it from being taken personally. Yes. Yeah. Just take it as neutral. Yeah. Well, I remember one of my favorite stories of feedback <laughs> when we were on our <laughs> 20th wedding anniversary kind of celebration. We had an opportunity to go on a, on a cruise. We we're actually teaching a marriage seminar um, and it was, it was amazing. And so, you know, the, the sun is setting, it's this picturesque, you know, location. We're on the top of the ship and we're 
just having a good conversation. And I just go, Hey Aaron, how, how would you rate me as a husband thinking that what a, what a perfect time she's filled with so much joy and of course I'll be yeah, rated this is going to be a really high moment. Here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm getting ready for the, Oh, eight, nine, probably I got a four, maybe like 0.5, maybe, maybe a five. And the sunset in that moment was forgotten. <laughs> and that moment was gone. I don't think I don't think it was that low, but he, that's, that's how, how I of course remember. that's how yeah, he that remembers you, you it. Perceived it, yeah. Yes. But what 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 was though good after I got over the initial like wait what how I, look where you are I, that's got to at least be worth seven points. So I mean the lowest I could be right <laughs> in this moment is a seven. As I asked her, help me to better understand that. Um, it turned into a, a really powerful conversation. So I'm just saying all this to encourage you that that if you're if you're courageous enough to ask either how Dr. Crab put it or zero to ten, you know where's our marriage or how am I as a spouse? If you're really willing to to listen, there's a gold mine of information. Yeah. So Aaron was able to help me understand a couple things that that was going on that I I didn't realize. And like she said, I was then able to take her feedback to the Lord and say, God is my source of truth. Help me to better understand this. And then to grow from that. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of feedback is that it gives you such an opportunity to grow. Yeah. And as you receive that feedback, it can be overwhelming. So you know, take some deep breaths, take it in, but then ask your spouse. So if, if this is what's going on, is there one thing that I could do to start moving in a different direction? And just ask that question, one thing. I can do one thing. Mm. Now, if it were 10 things, sometimes when we get the feedback, it feels overwhelming. overwhelming. It feels like yeah. a tidal wave. And so it's just looking, is there one thing that I can do to improve? I appreciate that. And uh, appreciate your vulnerability. There is one thing you can do today to strengthen your marriage. And um, that would be to take our free marriage assessment. It's uh, free. It takes a few minutes to fill it out, and the results will help you understand where you're doing well in your relationship and may, maybe an area or two of improvement. And um, I'll encourage you as well to look for Dr. Crabb's book, Fully Alive, uh, on our website. We've got a description in the show notes, and uh, it's got some amazing insights on connecting with your spouse. And then if you need to talk to a counselor, we'll have those details in the show notes as well. Uh, donate today, get those resources, and get help. Hit the uh, links in the show notes or give us a call, 800, the letter A in the word family. Well, next time, Pastor Craig Groeschel discusses how to break out of selfish patterns in your marriage relationship. And for now, on behalf of Greg, Aaron, and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. 